Welcome to another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast. This is episode 80 of Stands and Fits presented by the professional MBA program at the Ivy College of Business at Iowa State. Advance your career with an MBA from the Ivy College of Business. The Ivy MBA offers a flexible schedule for working professionals. Ask about scholarships and waiving the GMAT. Learn more at ivybusiness.iastate.edu. Recording as always in the Carl Chevrolet Studios. In Ankeny, if you're looking to buy a new or pre-owned vehicle, Carl Chevrolet in Ankeny, Carl Chevrolet of Stewart, both excellent options for getting your new vehicle or new to you vehicle, I guess. You could check them out at carlchevrolet.com, carlchevroletstewart.com. Last but not least, we have a new sponsor here, Cyclone Fanatic for Cyhawk Week, Bush, the sound of refreshment, Bush Light, one of the sponsors of the Cyclone Fanatic podcast, and to those in Cyclone Nation, I toast the bush light that I hold in my hand right now. And I'm now drinking from. Oh, man. I'm so refreshed. <laughs> it's because bush is a sound of refreshment. Bush light. What's up, man? Made it to Cyhawk Week. We did make it to Cyhawk Week. It's been a long wait. Yes. It feels good. One of the biggest weeks of the year for Cyclone Fanatic in general, I would say. We get a lot of extra traffic. We do get a lot of extra traffic. A lot of that probably comes from people on the eastern side of the other state. side of the state yeah uh i and i do think that interest is very high this week obviously yep even across just our own fan base everyone expects iowa state to be good this year and this is obviously a big rivalry game i would imagine that there this is the most uh <laughs> sorry this is the most that um that people that are like casual iowa state fans probably would ever uh, know about a team, an Iowa State team, wouldn't you think? Yeah, I would say so. Just, just because, especially coming off two, uh, you know, great seasons by Iowa State standards. Yeah, and that's what I was even thinking about with, like, I was thinking about this before the game against Northern Iowa, where the student section was exponentially more full than it has been in a really long time, especially early on. I mean, it was almost full well before kickoff. Yep. And I don't think I'd ever seen that before, outside of maybe for the 2017 Cyhawk game. Yeah, I feel like uh, it helps that you and I, like in-state rival, or, or you know, in-state opponent. I would also say rival, I guess too. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I think you're you're probably right. Some people wouldn't want me to say that, but yeah, they're they're an in-state rival. No, yeah, you're. I was asked about that on a, a radio station today in Oklahoma, where they were talking about Northern Iowa being a rival, and but the reason that they gave me was, uh, you know, the reasoning they gave me was was solid. Um, Obviously, the game is on Saturday. How do you feel right now? Like, right this second, how are you feeling? You know, this second, usually I'm fairly um, pessimistic, especially when it comes to Cyhawk games. Like, I, I typically like to pick Iowa by a few points, um, no matter what. Um, and I might be uh, contradicting myself, because I, I feel like I may have gotten a little bit more optimistic last year when the game got close. But um, I think this year, I, I can see Iowa State pulling it out by a touchdown or two. Yeah, I I still just am I feel like they are kind of um I think that they they did not pull out anything in their bag of tricks. Yeah. On they, they really kept it close to the vest. Against Northern Iowa, you know. And I think they kept things really close to the vest. I think that they were really just trying to to play it safe. Yep. I think would be a good way to put it. Not that they were being they were being vanilla, but not that they were like purposely not doing anything I think they were just keeping it very basic yep and they would have won the game by doing that if it was not for some you know self-inflicted penalties yep. and then 
uh, fumble that was returned for a touchdown that made things a little bit hairy. So, like, that is what it is. But I think that because of the way Northern Iowa played, or I was played against Northern Iowa in that game, there's a lot of people that are really discounting them because they only look at the final score. Mm-hmm. And they don't really know anything about the game outside of what you can gleam from the final score. Yeah. And I feel like even people who did watch the game who may be wearing black and gold during the day, um, I feel like those people probably you know, saw Iowa State and their performance on, on offense and are like, wow, they can only do that much against Northern Iowa, then what are they going to do against Iowa? Well, I mean, they did put up like 450 yards of total offense. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they were... No, I agree. God awful. No, I, I'm, you know? I'm there with you. Like, well, yeah, and that's, we, we, we smart Iowa State fans are like, well, you know, the offense moved the ball. It just got stopped in a few, you know, self-inflicted penalties. Well, well, yeah, it's like they probably would have scored a touchdown the time when Kniffle gets the helmet penalty. They did score a touchdown when Brock scored a touchdown and it was called back for holding. Yep. They kept putting themselves behind the chains on those times when they'd been moving the ball. So, I don't know. It's it's, we're just rehashing old things but yeah uh that's where I feel like there's some people coming into this game that are a little bit overconfident agreed um and I feel like you know I've kind of kept probably on on both sides though as well I'll I'll be honest yeah and that's how you know it's going to be a good game this year yeah you know both both teams are confident or both fan bases are confident in their team um I think there are reasons to be obviously but I think um you know if you look at the Iowa side um, a lot of people are kind of propping up that they are all of a sudden deep at, at receiver. Yeah. And that's just kind of funny to me because I feel like, you know, their, their receivers might have improved a little bit, but I feel like they're just looking better just because they don't have Fant and Hawkinson to throw the ball to anymore. Well, I feel know? like they probably look better and like that idea is a, is a little relative. Mm. Exactly. <laughs> just to be completely, you know, and I don't. Like for the last, like what, like uh, half a decade, Iowa State or Iowa, excuse me, has had basically like no receiver contributions. Well, and that's what I, that's what I was going to say is, yeah, I mean, I do think Iowa's receivers look better, but I think that Iowa's receivers look better than Iowa's receivers do normally. Yeah. That's, that's where I, I'm, I don't think that all of a sudden Iowa's got like one of the best receiving cores in the country. Yeah. You know, not that Iowa State does either, but I just, I don't. I think that it's a little bit of a stretch to sit there and be like, man, these receivers are dominant. Exactly. Like, keep in mind the fact that they played Miami of Ohio and Rutgers. That's another thing. If that Rutgers team wins another game, I will be absolutely shocked. That team was horrible. And last I knew, um, this may not be current, but last I knew Northern Iowa was better in Sagarin than, than Rutgers was. Oh, my God. So that's saying something. Yeah, that is saying something. And I don't know what about Miami of Ohio. They, I mean, they looked okay. And they moved the ball a little bit there for a while. But yeah. – uh, it, as it usually goes against those teams, Iowa let them hang around, and I, then yeah. in the end, they, they pulled away. You know, I watched a couple quarters of that Iowa-Rutgers game, and, and my gosh, Rutgers had no quarterback play. No, they had no quarterback play. That punter dude is unreal. <laughs> I know everybody's talked about that, but he was he was electric. Best punting performance I've seen since uh, the Texas punter in the Steel Jam, or not, excuse me, the, the Jacob Park game. the Jacob Park game, game yeah. yeah. Jacob Park made his uh, debut for whatever Southeast – Missouri State or whatever they are. Yeah. Uh, last week, I don't, I don't remember seeing how that went, but I remember seeing that he, he was playing. Uh, but yeah, I just think that's one of those things where I think there's probably a lot of hyperbole on all the sides, mm-hmm. you know? I think that there's probably, at least from what I've seen, probably more Iowa State fans that have been a little bit realistic, but I also mostly only see the irrational Iowa fans that get retweeted. Yeah, and that's just the nature of, you know, who we follow and what gets retweeted into our timelines. Right. Uh, but I, I just think it's going to be a really good game. 
I would have a really hard time believing that anyone is going to blow anybody out on either side. Agreed. And, you know, like the, the most I can see any one team winning by is maybe a couple touchdowns. And that's if like they play a real, truly dominant game. Well, and even if they win by a couple touchdowns, I think it'd probably be close into mm-hmm. the mid part of the fourth quarter and someone scores a touchdown to like to, to put it away, yeah. you know, to close the door, kind of the, the dagger. Yeah. The backbreaker. Right. And when, when it comes to Iowa State offensively, I feel like they're really going to try and work their way out to the edge. I don't think that they're going to be able to win on the inside. I think we learned that last year. Yep. But this is where having a fully healthy Kanena Wangu, I think, really comes into play. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, you know, mm-hmm. assuming that he is uh, truly ready to, to get back and get ready to go. Uh, I, I would think that he will be crucial to the game plan. Yep. And, and then Chris obviously said on the thesis, he thinks that Tariq Milton will be very important as well. Uh, so that would not surprise me. I, on top of running and testing the outside of that Iowa, Iowa defense a little bit more, I would love to see them uh, utilize the halfback pass a little bit more. Just, you know, hitting them in the flat yeah. kind of thing. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, and if you think back to that game last year, man, like there was just, there were so many variables of that that made it really tough. Yeah. You know, they... Obviously, you drive down the field on the first possession of the game, the false start inside the five, mm. you have to kick a field goal, and you never get back into the red zone again. And they really kind of went away from the things that worked on that first drive. The, if I remember correctly, they were throwing it across the middle a lot. Mm. I think Deshante maybe had one good catch. Yep. And then it was like all that stuff just disappeared. But the quarterback also had absolutely no time to stand back there and throw the ball. Yeah, and that was a big part of it. And two, you know, we started Kyle Kempton, and I think Nolan came in for the final drive or two. Um, but, you know, I think they were they're pretty immobile, yeah. where, I, where I feel like hopefully Brock Purdy will be able to scramble a little bit more and stay away from the Iowa, the Iowa rush. And that's where, like, Iowa only scored 13 points, and they scored one touchdown, right? Yes. The one touchdown they scored was, if I remember correctly, product of a big play through the air, and then they kind of grinded it out inside the 20. And other than that, if I remember right, and I would have to look at the statistics, they did not exactly blow the doors off Iowa State's defense in any way. No, they didn't. And again, you also remember from last year, Corey Dunn had a, a pretty poor performance at punter. It, yeah. was, it was his debut, unfortunately, in Iowa State uniform. Uh, a couple shank punts, and I think one of them directly led to a field goal. Yeah, I think the first field goal of the game, maybe. Yep. Um, so again, I mean, you average out the special teams this year, and hopefully Iowa State comes in and attacks a little bit differently on offense, and I think that can easily flip a, a couple points in Iowa State's favor. Yeah, and, and that's just where, I it, going back to it all, I, I feel have a really hard time believing anyone is going to blow anybody out. I mm-hmm. have, a, have a hard time seeing anybody score 30 points in this yeah. game, to be honest, and I could be wrong. You know, maybe both defenses give up a bunch of points, but I, I have a really hard time seeing that right now i do believe the last over under i saw was like 48 points or something like that yeah uh, and that sounds right to me yeah it is shocking though because i believe uh four of or excuse me two of the last four times iowa state and iowa have played the the final tally has been 84 points because you go back to 2011 in jack trice i should say oh okay yep go back to 2011 the three overtime game that yeah. ended and then uh obviously last year or the two years ago names as well I was gonna say the one against or the one in 15 the final score is 31 17 and that was a close game I think it was 17 17 inside like four minutes left in the game yep and then Iowa scored once to take the lead and then they scored one more like kind of cheap one at yep. the end uh I don't remember what happened in 13 I feel like that was another one of those games where they just kind of hung around yeah, I can't remember either. I must have erased it from my memory for some reason. That's the only one that I don't think I've been to since I've been covering the team. Mm-hmm. I was covering Iowa State hockey that day. Oh, were you? Yeah. Nice. Did, did Iowa State hockey win? 
I have no idea. <laughs> Don't remember. Very, very memorable. It was like my you. first day on the job at the Iowa State Daily covering Iowa State hockey. Nice. It was on the day of the Seahawks game. I was a marketing intern for Iowa State hockey for like a month. Were you? Yeah. <laughs> when was that? Uh, that was, I think, my first semester in the Greenlee School, which would have been uh, fall 2014. Oh, okay. So I was there. I would have been covering them uh, in the fall of 2013. Okay. Yeah. Shout out to the folks at Cyclone Hockey. <laughs> uh, what is there anything that distinctly, you know, concerns you, you, you mentioned the run game. I mean, yeah, definitely. I mean, like everyone else, the offensive line, I, yeah. I, I think, you know, if Iowa gets pressure on Purdy consistently and, you know, stuffs the run game, then it, yeah, it will be a long day for Iowa state on offense and they're going to have to, you know, maybe force a couple turnovers to yeah. be able to pull out the win. Um, but if, if, if the offensive line can, in the run game, especially open about the same amount of holes they did against Northern Iowa and then at least be adequate in the pass protection, then I think that'll go a long way. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, I, I just think it's going to be a good game. Mm-hmm. I feel like it will be a day to remember. Hopefully that's for good reasons. Yep. And not for bad ones. Are you, are, I mean, I assume you're not attending the game based on the price of tickets. Well, and two, because of my... Uh, oh, yeah, you're going out of town. My three weekend, three weekend in a row trips will be commencing this weekend, yes. I will be, I will so be sitting uh, at the college basketball experience in Kansas City um, watching on Hulu Live on my phone. That's that sounds awful. Doing. Nothing against the folks at CBE. The CBE uh, is cool. Yeah, I've never been, so I'm a little bit excited about it's that. It's cool, yeah. It's yeah. one of those things that's cool to, you know, do it one time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But uh, I would much rather be in Ames, obviously. But yeah. at least I'll be able to watch, hopefully. Will you be watching College Game Day? Uh, I will. I'll still be at the same place. It's basically a full day event for me on Saturday. But okay. yes, I, I hope, hopefully will be able to tune in for most of it. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm excited. All right, what else? Uh, what else we got today? You're the one who was who's putting the <laughs> show together. Well, I mean, we were going to talk about the game in the intro, and I think we we're going to uh, take a break and okay, do some other stuff. Yeah, I wasn't sure exactly how you uh, how you wanted to to handle that. So we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. Stands and fits on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. Hey, Cyclone fans, it's Chris Williams. You've heard our friends from the Iowa pork producers. They've been coming on here for the last couple of years. I've been telling you guys about them. I've had the great opportunity to meet so many of our state's great pork producers over the last couple of years, and I've learned so much. One thing specifically, I didn't really know this before. I guess I probably should have, but these pigs are raised in environmentally controlled barns. That helps farmers care for the pigs. They protect the pigs from extreme temperatures, predators, you know, all that stuff. It is so high tech, some of the stuff that our great pork producers are doing, and they're doing it all to feed our world. And, and don't forget about this. So you can have some of that delicious Iowa pork at your tailgates coming up this fall. From everyone at Cyclone Fanatic, I'm Chris Williams saying thank you to our state's great pork producers. Hey guys, it's Chris Williams. We're in the heart of football season now, and I gotta tell you, I feel a lot better than I did a year ago, and I owe a lot of that to Dr. Kruger at the Ames Eye Clinic. Also, uh, their Des Moines location is, they're called Des Moines Eye Care in Des Moines. Same guys, really great eye doctors. I never thought that I had eye problems. I don't really have problems seen or anything like that, but I was suffering from chronic headaches. I mean, it was nonstop. I always had a headache. And I think a lot of it was because I stared at a screen all day. 
Dr. Kruger took a look at my eyes, took him about a half hour, and he knew exactly what was wrong. Prescribed me some glasses that now I use while I'm on my computer, while I'm working for you guys at Cyclone Fanatic all day. And man, has it made a difference. I'm even sleeping better. I challenge you, if you have a problem like this, any sort of eye problem, to contact our friends at Des Moines Eye Care and the Ames Eye Clinic. You can check out Des Moines Eye Care dot com or amesiclinic.com. I would encourage you to do this and tell them that we sent you. Tell them thank you for supporting what we're doing here at Cyclone Fanatic. Welcome back to Stands and Fits on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network presented by the professional NBA program at the Ivy College of Business at Iowa State. Obviously we're going to talk more about the Cyhawk game here in just a minute, but it's a tough weekend for our guy intern Brandon. And so we decided to bring him in to the, and find out if he can in any way justify what took place this weekend with his Kansas Jayhawks. Brandon, how are you doing this evening? I'm good. Uh, I'm still emotional from this last weekend's games like you hit on. Um, yeah, that Kansas loss was tough. That, that puts a wrinkle in things. Yeah, how do you anticipate them getting to six wins when they just lost to Coastal Carolina? So obviously, when I'm, I'm, in- I'm interested <laughs> to hear this mental gymnastics that we're about to experience. <laughs> I know. I'm gonna. I feel like I'm just gonna like get out like a whiteboard and just start writing like a bunch of things that lead to this. But here's the deal: they were supposed to win that game. Obviously, the season's not over, though, Jared. The season's not over. There's we got we got ten games left. Uh, I don't know why I'm saying we, but apparently I, I am a Jayhawk now. We got a uh, Boston College this weekend. We I think we're 21 point underdogs not looking great but you know i've seen crazier things happen we get this win we we upset boston college and we're right back on track yeah i have a hard time seeing (laughs) kansas getting to six wins it was uh you also told me if i remember correctly in your predictions that houston was going to run the table so that one's already out the door as well and uh the nebraska Cornhuskers aren't looking too good for your big big 10 west prediction either Yes, things are things are looking bleak here on my uh, bold predictions. Yeah. Uh, and the Nebraska thing, you know, there's still some hope. There, there's some hope, but it's not looking as good as it did preseason. So definitely worried about that one for sure. All right, man. I just had to see if you could try and give us something on uh, on this Kansas deal, and I, you didn't change my mind in any way. So have well, a good rest of your yeah. night. What? Yeah, I will, Jared. Yeah, I'll, I'll have a good rest of the night. I'll, I'm gonna, I'm going to stay positive. Uh, keep the positive thoughts going. Like I said, there's a lot of games left. I believe in Coach Miles. We're still going. Okay, that's days. enough. Yep. Talk to you later, buddy. <laughs> thanks, Jared. Or excuse me. Thanks, uh, Brandon. Thanks to intern Brandon for his contribution tonight on the podcast. Uh, we completely just cold called Brandon. So if he sounded flustered, that's because he was in no way prepared for what he just was put through. Uh, what, what did he say he was doing? Uh, when he we said he was him? wrestling with a kitten. Wrestling with a kitten. And I don't know if that's... I don't know if that's like some sort of innuendo. Or I think something. it is. Yeah, it's kind of what I was thinking. Man, Brandon, he's really double tasking over there. I also thought he was said that he was wrestling with a kid when he first said it, <laughs> so I wasn't really quite sure what he was uh, what he was talking about. Uh, yeah. But, all right. So that's what we. Uh, that's the start of the second segment of the podcast. We just had to put Brandon on blast a little bit. <laughs> Hadn't happened yet this week, and everybody knew that we were going to have to do it at some point. All right. So uh, for the second segment, after talking to intern Brandon, I figured. Um, for our hot knot, we can do something a little bit different, but still stay with hot knot. Mm-hmm. 
So, um, at, at, you know, like Ted Flint's done Cyhawk bingo before, correct? Or right. excuse me, like it just in general, Cyclone bingo. Yeah, yeah. Um, another person I saw had put out um, a Cyhawk bingo of cliches that Hawkeyes <laughs> bring up during hate week. Yeah. Um, and this is at Horn IT, um, Aaron Horn, it looks like. Um, I'm just stealing from his bingo card. And I figured we can kind of go through some of these spaces and uh, basically determine whether they're actually good insults or whether they're bad insults. Okay. So hot or not. So the first one is McDonald's uniform joke. Is that a hot or is that a not in your mind? It's not as good as it was at one time. Agreed. There was a point when that was a very valid joke and I will admit that I made that joke I, a number of times. I'm there with you. Uh, the, they set themselves up for that one too perfectly. The classic Paul Rhodes jerseys were basically as close to a Ronald McDonald as you could get. But I feel like they've done a good job of getting away from those. The gold ones were horrible. Yes. Oh, yeah. Those, those were really bad. So I would say um, McDonald's uniform joke, hot, like maybe five years ago, not now. Yeah, I would agree with that. Okay. Um, next one. Let's go the streak. Iowa State lost 15 straight to Iowa. Hot or not? Not because that ended 20 years ago. 21 years ago. Agreed. And a lot of the things that I've seen people bring up on Twitter, like people will mention that Iowa fans make fun of Nebraska fans for bringing up all their national titles in the 90s, mm-hmm. but yet they'll, they'll easily bring up the streak and yeah. hold over Iowa State fans. So it's yeah. a, little bit, um, a little bit of a hypocrite stuff there. All right. Um, let's do the next one. The game is a lose-lose for Iowa. That's a not too. Not anymore. Yes. Now that Iowa State is actually picking up a little bit of national relevance, I feel like uh, Iowa definitely has something to gain from winning this game. Yeah. Again, take it back a couple of years. I can understand the, the, the logic. I'm not saying that I agree with it, but I can understand where some sane human being could come up with that idea. Yes. Same. So again, old, hot, new, not. Yeah. All right. Next one. Call Ames lames. That's not... That's the, that's the stupidest joke ever. See, I feel like um, this kind of applies to what I would call the kindergarten rule. Like, if, if, if you heard a kindergartner say this, it wouldn't be, like, out of place. Yeah. Like, a kindergartner could come up with that. And I feel like if there's any insult that a kindergartner could come up with, then it's automatically a not. Yeah, that is a... It's not a very original joke. No. I got that, that's a pretty easy one. Yep. All right, next one. This is definitely Iowa State Super Bowl. No. I, I, don't I, you know, I mean, this is this kind of thing where, like, technically, no, I would say, but if you say no, then it's also a no for both teams. Like, I think, it, I mean, I think it, I think it's just neutrally they, they treat it as a big game. Yeah, like both teams treat it as a as they want to win this game. Yeah, and I do. I I say no because Iowa State obviously has had has won some pretty big games here in recent years, where it's like you can't clearly cannot say that the only game they got up for was the Iowa game. Yeah. Like back in, especially when Dan McCartney was in town, like they, they beat Iowa, yeah. but then they'd go on to, you know, crap the bed relatively the rest of their year. Um, or like the year that they beat him when Cole Nutton made the kick. Yeah. He went two and 10. Yeah. That year. Um, and then obviously, you know, recently, you know, we've, we've knocked off Oklahoma and Norman. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like they have lost to Iowa and still had good, successful seasons where exactly. they were considerably better team after that game. Yeah. Than they were against the Hawkeyes. So it's not like Iowa State is solely circling this game on their calendar and has nothing the rest of the year. Precisely. But I'm not saying that it's not a big game. It's a big yeah. game for both. It teams. is. It's a rivalry game for both teams. Next one. Let's go with Iowa State plays in a high school stadium. Definitely a not now third biggest stadium in the Big Twelve. Agreed. That's easy. Okay. Here's a, here's a prominent one. Call Iowa State little brother. Uh, no. 
but I just think that one's really lame too. It is. That's another thing. That's kind of, it kind of applies to the kindergarten rule, I would say. Um, so yeah. I mean, if you, like, it just depends on how you're using it. Like if we're using it in true metrics, like Iowa state has bigger enrollment, bigger, yeah. you know, it's like, okay, football program. Yeah. Technically probably they are little brother just because like Iowa has considerably more history than Iowa state does. Yep. And it has, they grew up before Iowa state did. Yep. Owns the rivalry. Um, as far as record goes. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's such a overused thing. Yeah. It's just, I don't understand the point of that one. Next one. Call Iowa a Hawkeye State. I feel like this one's a hot. Yeah, that one's probably hot because it is also the the literal state. It is the literal Hawkeye State, which which bothers me. But at the same time, yes, technically Iowa is by definition the Hawkeye State. Correct. So uh, that one stings. But when they also are winning, then I mean we uh, we uh, would say it's a Cyclone State when they yeah. when Iowa State wins. So exactly. I don't, I, that's kind of hypocritical. Exactly. I feel like it to say it's not hot. To say it's the Cyclone State when Iowa State does win, it it even digs them like a little bit more. Because technically, <laughs> well, yeah, I was I was gonna say that that is the one that when they say that it actually does bother you a little bit. Yeah. And if it actually does bother you a little bit, then it probably is a good one. Yeah. You know, like lames people can call out Ames lames, and it's like, good one, dude. Yeah, that's a that's a roll your eyes. Yeah. Insult that one. You're like, man, screw you, dude. Yeah. It's like I wish this was actually by definition the Cyclone State. Yeah. But anyways, moving on. Here's a big one. Calls Iowa State the clowns instead of the clones. Nope. Nope. Again, a, a kindergarten insult. Yeah, yeah. It's like, come up with something better. All right, uh, let's do Iowa State's lack of January bowls. This is an obvious not to me. Yeah, like, you're I mean, thinking about this well, one. I mean, in, in fairness, Iowa has been to mo- multiple Rose Bowls, and the Rose Bowl is legitimately a huge bowl. See, game. and I feel like that's some, definitely like actually something to brag about, but you can't especially like anymore these days. You can't call them January bowls. Well, no, it's but it's one thing to say... Yeah, in today's context, no, because there's not that many bowl games that are played. I think a better way would, to put it would be, you know, major bowl games. Yeah. Iowa State has played in one truly major bowl game, and that's the Alamo Bowl. And even then, it's still obviously not on the same level as the Rose Bowl or the Orange Bowl, yeah. which Iowa has been to both of. Essentially, the, the truly major bowl games would be what were, what were considered BCS bowl games in the back, back in the day. BC, I said BCS bowl games and then maybe even one tier below. Obviously, yeah. the Cotton Bowl is now in that conversation because it is part of the college football playoff. Mm. And then like the Alamo bowl is right in there as well. Uh, there's, I mean, we could put Outback bowl. Usually that one's pretty well yeah. regarded as well. Yeah. I mean, now that the BCS doesn't exist anymore, the, the, the lines are blurred a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Moving on a few left. Um, let's go with, um, the game is great revenue for Iowa state. I mean, Iowa State Stadium is full most all the time, so it doesn't really make any difference now. Yep. And, you know, sometimes I'll admit, like, when it gets later in the season, yeah, like when it gets cold and stuff, the, technically Jack Trice still has a little bit of empty pockets every here and there. But most college football stadiums do every week. Definitely. And look, the fact at, that, look at what UCLA is doing to get people in the seats right now, giving away four free tickets to everyone who came to the last game. Yep. For Oklahoma on Saturday. And even when the stadium isn't technically packed to the brim, like a bunch of those tickets that might be, um, you know, empty seats, they're technically still sold. Yeah. No, so. I mean, I, it, Iowa State puts, has put like over 55,000 people in the seats every game. Okay, except for Drake, but the, we're not going to really count that one. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, kind of running low here. Those, those hit most of the cliches, but we'll do last one. Claiming the Big Ten is better than the Big 12. No. Top heavy. I think you can, where when you've got Wisconsin's good, Ohio State's good, 
Michigan's good, mm-hmm. you know, like you, but there's also just the essence of the fact that there's more teams. And to it's, it's tough to argue Penn that it's been good when your division itself is pretty dang weak. Yeah. Generally outside of Wisconsin. Yeah. And Wisconsin had a down year last year. Yeah. So anyhow, so, so I, I don't know. I, like the big, and obviously it varies year to year. The difference is just that in the big 12, you can't hide from anybody. Yeah. Not that they're hiding you cause they obviously don't make the schedule, but it's yep. like, it's easier to get by on some things because of the fact that you don't play yeah, everybody. Exactly. You have to play all the good big 12s a team, like mm-hmm. all the good big 12 teams. You don't get an option. I'm there with you. All right. Um, so same guy did also make, uh, or excuse me, not the same guy, but there's also a version that, uh, a psych or excuse me, a Hawkeye fan, I believe made in return for Iowa state. Okay. Would you want to do that one too? Sure. We can do a couple of them. Okay. Um, first one, I, I have to do this one. Joke eyes or choke eyes. And I'll also add Hawks with the K S like H O K S spelling. Like that should be included as well. Okay. Uh, yeah. I was just say, I, I see him spelled like that much more than I see him spelled like the H A W K S. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and for me, like I, I get tired of seeing stuff like that. Again, it, it falls in the same kindergarten insult category. What are the other ones that you said? The choke eyes, choke eyes and joke eyes. I don't feel like I've ever seen I, joke eyes. I, was, I don't think I've seen either one of those very often. I, feel so like, I don't know about that. I feel like I have seen choke eyes, um, but that doesn't really come up more that much. I feel like I've seen squawks more than I've seen either of those. Yeah, I've seen the squawks. I've seen squawks a lot more than I've seen either of those ones. Which technically, if you if I had to pick one of those, I would pick squawks before any of the others. But I still think that's a relatively um, not insult. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Um, Let's do referring to Iowa City as Iowa Essie. Uh, this is not a kindergarten insult because you can't say that word in kindergarten. True. I don't know that it's a hot necessarily though because it's like, I don't know why you're really like offended by that. I don't know. Yeah. I, I guess it would depend on the context. What, what Explain. Well, like if you're going to go get messed up, you know, See, like yeah. we're, getting, yeah. we're getting shitty in Iowa City. Yeah. <laughs> I still don't feel comfortable swearing on this podcast. I'll just throw that out there. You, you just freely do it these days. Yeah, I almost said the F word just a second ago. So I, <laughs> good thing I held my back myself back yeah. on that one. Kudos to you. All right. Um, let's see. If we only do it like once or twice, like it, what's what's the big deal? Yeah. Um, okay, here's, a, here's one that comes up quite a bit. All Iowa fans didn't go to school at Iowa. I mean... <laughs> it's not I, I feel like this is this leans not or excuse me it leans hot to me well as i say i mean if it if we're like gonna be real like a lot of the iowa fans i know didn't go to yeah, iowa it's a fact and i will say that technically it is good to have t-shirt fans and i think you know even like chris has addressed that like it's good that iowa state gets the tavern clones as yeah. you might call them yeah um but at the same time i think it is it uh, it does bother hawk fans i think yeah i mean it, maybe i don't know yeah like there's I think you could do that with most fan bases that have had success, you know, mm-hmm. like in the past. Yeah. There's a lot of Nebraska fans that did not go to Nebraska. Very true. There's a lot of Oklahoma fans that probably didn't go to Oklahoma. Ton of Alabama fans. There's a lot of, yeah. I mean, there's way more pe- people that are fans of Oregon than there are that people that have any connection, not even only to the university, but to the entire state. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. You mm-hmm. know, it's like you... Yeah. <laughs> I think it's probably just a product of the fact that they own the state for so long. Most mm-hmm. people don't, if they don't have a college football program, they're just going to pick one. And more often than not, you're going to pick one that's good. Yeah. All right. Uh, honestly, a lot of the, the rest of these on this guy's bingo card for cycling stuff are pretty weak. Um, I'll do a few of the weak ones. 
and we'll be done. Um, game day is in Ames because Iowa State is really good. What? Like they they put that as a as a space on their bingo sheet that Iowa State fans are is claiming. This like, was this supposed to be like a joke? Yeah. Like, oh no! Like was he trying to be funny or oh, was no. it like he was trying to do a legit like return bingo card? Oh. And I'm telling you, like like the bottom two tiers of this are really really weak. Okay. It's so much easier to come up with actual things that 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 Hawkeye fans say about us than we say about them. Yeah, I mean, I feel like a lot of the jokes they make are like <laughs> Facebook memes. <laughs> like a lot of times when I see Iowa fans saying things about Iowa State fans, it's like it it's like they pulled the meme off Facebook. You know, honestly, that would be a real good insult to start like pulling out. Is that Hawkeye fans are the Facebook users <laughs> of college football? <laughs> you know, when you look at too, like you know, Hawkeye Heaven. Look at that Facebook page. Well, yeah, it's kind of what I'm saying. Yeah, like, am I really wrong? No, you're not. But I think that kind of goes back to the how many of Iowa's fans went to yeah. Iowa. There's probably know? a very high correlation. Yeah. I'm, I don't, I don't, don't like, think uh, that I was that off base with that. That might have, like, I don't know. Uh, like the the maybe um, he can put that on his bingo card next year. The amount of people that like Hawkeye Heaven on Facebook, it's probably almost a complete circle. Like if you do like a, a pie chart or yeah. like a Venn diagram, it's yeah. probably like just one circle of people who didn't go to Iowa. Probably yeah, for the most part, because the people that actually went there are smarter. No, no, I'm never mind. I'm not going there. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. Not starting that war. Complaining about America needs farmers. I don't hear about anybody complain. I just, I more just hear people state facts. Very true. That's, that's a hot, <laughs> I have to say that's a hot contractually. Yeah. And it is. Like, I'm not, I, I don't think anyone's complaining about it. No. It's just, it's like I said, like it's, it's there's a, there's a, I think there's a clear difference between complaining and then yeah, speaking the truth. You know, okay. I guess we didn't really answer the last one. Uh, the last one was game day is in Ames because Iowa State is really good. That is a not. Agreed. It's it's because of the rivalry. Yeah. It, it's equally um, both teams. So, I think even if they hadn't come here for this game, they would have come here later in the season, assuming Iowa State was good. Yeah, and, and you know it goes reverse too. There are a lot of Hawkeye fans, and I expected this. This is one of the reasons why I didn't necessarily, I wasn't necessarily all in on Iowa State getting game day for this game. Is that Iowa fans do are like claiming that they're only in town because of Iowa. But at the same time, I can easily turn around and I, Iowa City has gotten game day twice and both times were because Ohio State was in town. Yeah. I think if we wanted to be realistic about it, I, like game day is probably really coming to Ames this week because there was nowhere else better for them to go. Yeah. Like but, if we're going to look ourselves in the yeah. mirror and keep it real for one second, the reality of it is that, yeah, they wanted to come to Ames and they were going to like make an effort to come to Ames. Yeah. But they also looked around the rest of the country. Syracuse just got their ass kicked. Yeah. And it's like, well, kind of forced our hand a little bit. Exactly. And we kind Unless of they were going to go to Central Florida for Central Florida Stanford. Yeah. And I think uh, by the time this podcast is published, we might have an article we, we both kind of co-wrote yeah. um, out that kind of addresses that in a funny way that they probably would have went to Syracuse last week had they not gotten their butts whooped. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't think... Not, I'm not saying that they didn't want to come to Iowa State, but it's just like I said. I, I just think that... A lot of things had to fall in yeah. the right order for Iowa State to get game yeah. day. There, there were a lot of things that had to, to go right yep. for, for that to happen, and all of those things happened to go right. And hey, thankfully they did. And I could be wrong. Maybe I, they were going to come to Ames anyway. Yeah. But I think I also read that in an article Randy Peterson wrote where Kirk Herbstreit was on some podcast talking about coming to Ames, mm. and he basically 
mentioned something about Syracuse on there. So, <laughs> well, there you go. So our, our article that will be out was, is probably more real than we realized. And I could be making that up. If I could be remembering what he said wrong and I could almost be just remembering what we wrote. <laughs> it's so, it's so close. It blurs the lines between real reality and fake. Exactly. All right, man. Uh, time for underrated underdogs. Yeah. We'll get out of here. Sure. All right. You, you want to go first? I can. Uh, yeah. Speaking of Central Florida and Stanford, I'm going to take the Cardinal. Minus seven on the road in Orlando against the Knights. Hand the Knights their first regular season loss Whew. since 2016? 17? 16? 16. Yeah. That's right. Didn't you, take, didn't you take Stanford last week? No, I took Colorado last week. Oh, uh, that's right. Yeah. And yeah, so, you, so you're one I'm and one. I'm one and one now, yeah. So we're both one and one because I believe uh, I picked Texas and they lost to LSU, obviously. Yeah, so. yeah. Good job, even it up. All right, uh, my pick. I went, I'm going with the clones, baby. Uh, last I knew, they're uh, two and a half point dogs. So on uh, Vegas Insider right now, who like what, what lines are we using? In state lines or? Uh, I I go on Vegas Insider and then whatever the most current line is is what usually what I use. Yeah, I'm gonna look at. I'll look at William Hill. Okay. I think it's still two and a half, but there is one that has. I don't know what this open is. Consists of the first. Oh, that's what it opened at. Never mind. Uh, yeah, William Hill still has it at two and a half. It opened at like what? Iowa State uh, minus four or something like that? Well, I mean, yeah, when it opened way back in. You know, like last week. Yeah. No, last week it had it at Iowa State by one. Okay. But yeah, it's at two and a half now on William Hill, which is, you know, what we predominantly have here in the state of Iowa. So yep. yeah, there we go. All right. I'm, I'm going to make sure that I didn't look at the opening line for Stanford and. Oh, you, you cheating? Well, I just want to be sure. Like, I don't, yeah, I don't want to cheat you. That's true. As much as I want to beat you, I'm not worried enough about it to, to cheat. <laughs> hey, hey I'm just holding the belt over here. Man, it's all the way up to eight, so. Oh, really? I'm good to go. All right. Feel good about it. All right, thanks to everybody for listening. Thanks to the professional MBA program at the Ivy College of Business at Iowa State. Thanks to Bush Light, the unofficial beer of the state of Iowa. And thanks to Carl Chevrolet. We will talk to you guys again soon. Beat the team out east.